sanctuary. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter number 8, the Old Testament book of 1 Kings chapter number 8. Brother and Sister Sheridan, good to see you today. Our friends, Sister Courtney's mother and father, we're glad to have them. Glad to have all of our guests here today. We're just thrilled and we hope we get to connect with you at our pastor's chat lunch right after the service and get to know you a little bit better. Amen. It's a great group of people that God is assembling here in Cabot. And I'm thankful. Good to see several who have not been here in a while. We welcome you back. I looked around this church today and I saw children lifting up their hands, worshiping God. Adults lifting up their hands, worshiping God. I'm thankful for a multi-generational church and and a a, a great place to worship God together. 1 Kings chapter 8. And I will begin uh, looking at verse 14. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 14. Then the king, and I will identify him, that is Solomon, turned around after they had dedicated the temple. And he blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. Now I will just make a, a brief little personal note. I think it's quite fitting that I am reading this verse today. So can I reword it just a minute without bending from the scripture? Then the pastor turned around and blessed the whole assembly of new life after the dedication of the building while all the assembly of Israel, all the assembly of new life was standing. That's pretty cool right there. I don't know what the rest of the message is going to be, but that's pretty good right there. Verse 15, he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David and with his hand has fulfilled it. I just feel a lot of preaching me today, so I got to stop and just preach 15 seconds on that verse right there. His hand is capable of doing what his mouth says. He's not just a God that says a bunch of stuff. He's a God that can work. Since the day that I brought out my people Israel out of Egypt, verse 16, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Verse 17, now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. I feel like I am under direct assignment from the Lord to preach what I'm going to preach today, and I'm simply entitling this sermon, He Put His Name There. He Put His Name There. Amen. Would you pray for me right now as a preacher that I'll preach what God wants me to preach and 
Before we pray, Brother and Sister Goble, it's good to see you. Brother Cliff, we've been praying for you and the loss of your father, praying God's strength upon your life. Sister Jenny, for the healing of her body. We're going to pray for them as well while we pray for this sermon right now. Would you lift your voice and let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for touching and providing comfort for the Goble family. I pray you'd continue to provide that, Lord, as only you can. Minister to Sister Jenny right now. We speak healing over her body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are well able to do it, Lord. You can say it, but then your hand can bring it to pass. And I pray, Lord, for a great anointing on the word as it is preached this morning. Give us ears to hear and hearts to be open to receive your word in Jesus' name. Everyone, would you say amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. He put his name there. Several years ago, my family went on a little getaway to the city of Chicago, my birthplace, suburban Chicago, and we decided instead of renting or instead of driving, we were going to fly, and we flew to Chicago, and then we decided we weren't even going to rent a car. We were just going to take public transportation, and uh, it, it's pretty, pretty neat uh, to take public transportation around the city of Chicago. There's an elevated rail system called the L, and so we got on the train and would go from one restaurant to some site and see this and all the things that I actually remember as a child going and visiting. And one of the places that I wanted to take my children to was a place on the north side of the city, uh, deposited right in the middle of a neighborhood. So we got on the train, and just one neighborhood after the other is flying by us as we're in a rapid train. And we come around the corner on the train, and there it is, the hallowed Wrigley Field. Now, that may not mean anything to some of you, but to me, it is a, it's a special place. That's where my beloved Chicago Cubs play baseball. I can never bring this subject up in this church without a little bit of barking from the congregation. <laughs> but since I'm the one that has the microphone right now, I will pray. And uh, I, I, I wanted my kids to see Wrigley Field. And so we got off the train and walked around. It was not even season for baseball at the time. And it was very, very cold, snow on the ground. But we uh, walked around and I pointed out different things. And I, at that time, told my kids, now listen, it's been a long, long time since this team has won a championship. But one of these days, it's going to happen. And uh, I, I guess the spirit of prophecy was upon me because in 2016, I'll just say it like this, 2016 was a good year. It's a good year. And we, the Cubs won the World Series. But anyways, I digress. But it's interesting because that particular stadium has been called Wrigley Field for a long time. I mean, for years and years and years and years, way longer than I've been alive, Wrigley Field. It bears the name of the Wrigley family. And if you say, well, that sounds familiar. Yeah, if you like chewing gum, you've probably 
chewed on their product. Wrigley's spearmint gum, Wrigley's juicy fruit gum. Any juicy fruit fans here today? Yeah. Uh, they're a family with a lot of money and a ballpark named after them. The idea of putting a name on something is very commonplace in our culture. In fact, if you go to the White House, which seems like kind of a bland name for a building, the White House, that's kind of nondescript other than a color, you go into the White House, and I've not been in the White House before, but uh, you will find a bedroom that has a name attached to it. Not just, hey, go, go hang out and sleep in that room, but go to the Lincoln bedroom. Why? Because we live in a culture that attaches names to places. It's not even something that we avoid here at New Life because we have this worship center. We have the chapel next door. But do you know we also have Bennett Hall? Named after the, the lady that helped us start this church in her living room. Have you ever been in a museum of a president or some historical figure? And I remember several years ago when the Clinton Library had been built, and I went, first time I ever went in the Clinton Library, uh, I walked into several rooms in the Clinton Library that were supposed to be the replica of the actual room in the White House. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I can't go in a place like that without, and I hope you don't think this is strange, but feeling kind of the aura of what that represents. All the people over the years to occupy that particular room. And it seems as though when their name is attached to something, in some strange way, their presence is there. And, and I know that that may sound a little mystical, but I don't think it is altogether unusual. Because when you attach a name to a place, it has powerful meaning. I, I point you today to the book of Genesis, chapter number 22. and verse number 13, Abraham has been instructed by the Lord to take his son Isaac and go to a place where he would sacrifice his son on an altar. Perhaps you know the story. Upon arriving to the mountain that the Lord had instructed him, his son Isaac looked at him and said, Dad, I see the fire and I see the wood and I see the knife, but where is the sacrifice? Aren't we missing the most important part of this sacrifice to which the Lord speaks to Abraham, and Abraham says to his young son, Isaac, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Speaking of a messianic promise of a day when a man, pure and clean, would give his life on a cross so that you and I could be free from sin. Thank God for that. And yet it was in that moment, verse 13 of Genesis 22, that Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. The Lord said, I'm going to provide a sacrifice 
instead of your son. And his voice declared it, and his hand brought it to pass. And it was in that sacred, powerful moment that Abraham, verse 14 says, called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I think it's powerful when we get to the place and observe God's miraculous hand that we don't slip on by that quickly. But we stop long enough to say, I'm going to call this something right now. I'm going to call this provider. I'm going to call this miracle worker. I'm going to attach a name to this place right here. Are there people here on Sunday morning that understand, do, do, do you witness with me that God can show up in the middle of a desperate situation? And He can suspend laws and even the world itself to bring about a miracle that goes beyond our understanding. Oh, that you and I would lift up our voice in that moment and say, I have heard Him be provider for other people. But today, I am calling Him provider over my life. Today, I am declaring that He is a provider, a healer, a miracle worker, an all-sufficient God. Abraham said, here's what I'm going to call this place. I'm going to call it Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Let me tell you why it's important to put a name on the miraculous power of God. Because we need to revisit that every once in a while. Is there anybody here at New Life that you know what it is for God to work in the past? And then the present hits you. And he works in the present, and then the future hits you. And we got to go back to where he worked on the first hand and say, it might be tough right now, but I remember what he did two years ago. I remember what he did three months ago. I remember what he did on a Sunday morning six months ago. I am attaching the name of God to this place. So God, throughout time, has chosen to put his name in different places. When God puts his name in a place, here we go, and you're going to need to stay close to me because I'm not going to preach long today. When God puts his name somewhere, that name declares his greatness. The last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 11 John the Revelator said, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Watch this now. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. When you and I have his name on us, it is a name that declares his greatness. It is a name that heralds his greatness. It is a name that says there is no God like this God. There is no king like this king. He's not only a king, He's the king of kings. He's not, oh, I feel it right now. He's not only the Lord, but he's the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. When you speak his name, you're declaring greatness. You're declaring glory. You are declaring his greatness. His name. When he puts his name somewhere, that name declares his greatness. That's why Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9 and said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His shoulders are strong enough to take whatever we give him today. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Brother Anderson, when you said your, your wife had great peace, that doesn't surprise me. Because the Bible says of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. When you speak his name, you get wonderful. When you speak his name, you get counselor. When you speak his name, you get the Prince of Peace. When you speak his name, you get peace that passes understanding. Because when he puts his name somewhere, it declares his greatness. It declares his greatness. He said, I'll establish my kingdom forever to order and to establish it. Shout it to me. Say, where he puts his name. Come on, shout it loudly. Say, where he puts his name. Where he puts his name, it declares his greatness. Where God puts his name, he executes authority and power. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is standing on a mountain. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven after appearing for 40 days and just encouraging his followers, encouraging his disciples. He said in the 18th verse of Matthew 28, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Let me tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you today, and I'm not meaning this to be some braggadocious statement. Let me tell you why we don't need to tuck our tails, so to speak, and walk out of here with our head held down today. Because if you and I have been to that water, and we have been baptized in that great, powerful name, 
we have a name that according to the one who had the name has all authority in heaven and in earth. There is no name like that name. There is no power like the power that's in that name. He said, all power, all authority has been given unto me. And then he said, because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in that name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He said the authority and the power is in the name. Notice Jesus said this. It's not in the title, it's in the name. <laughs> I'm not diminishing the title. I'm not here he say, saying there is no father, there is no son, there is no... I'm not diminishing that. I'm not refuting that. What I am saying is according to Jesus, the power is not in the title, it's in the name. That's why he said when you go baptize people, make sure it's in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the redemptive New Testament name of the eternal Godhead. Oh, I'm going to preach it today. Luke chapter 1 and verse 31, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, you shall have a son and you shall call his name Jesus. It was Jesus in John 5 and 43 that said, I am come in my father's name. John 14 and 26, Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit is sent in my name. When he puts his name somewhere, there is authority and there is power. There's something, there is something, there is something, there is something. I want someone to hear this right now. We, we made, made sure we had a baptistry in this church. Now, I'm not faulting anybody else that builds buildings and tucks them away somewhere. We wanted to make sure this baptistry was right out front. Because there's nothing magical about that water. There's nothing magical or holy about the water. But there is something powerful about the name called over people when they get in that water. And I want every person in New Life to know the reason why we put it out here is because this speaks Jesus. This speaks Jesus. This speaks Jesus. He puts his name somewhere. And it declares his authority and his power. And it executes that power. It's powerful enough. Everybody say the name of Jesus is powerful enough. Then Peter said unto them, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Did you catch that? There's something about baptism in the name of Jesus Christ that produces a result. And the, res <laughs> the result is the remission 
of sins. The removal of sins. Because anywhere he puts his name, he executes power and authority. So, I would just say, look at Pastor right here. If you're here and you have not been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, please do that today. We're ready. <laughs> you say, you're, you're insulting what I did previously. I'm not insulting that at all. Because I have never known anybody to come to waters of baptism, no matter what title or name were called over them, that did that flippantly. I'm not here to refute that. But what I am here to say is we must be, according to Scripture, baptized with His name, that great, authoritative, excellent name called over. That's what the Scripture teaches. So we're ready. We're ready to baptize you. In Jesus' name. Because where He puts His name, He executes authority and power. Give you one more verse to prove that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody say authority and power. Where God puts his name, and I don't want you to miss this, where God puts his name, he dwells there. Deuteronomy chapter 12. The Lord is leading his people, his children out. He says it like this in verse number one. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree, you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. There are no substitute altars. This is why we don't come to the Lord with a worldly system. We come in his name. We come obedient to his word. We're not worshiping him from false altars. And then verse 5, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. God is looking for a place to put his name. He's looking for a place. And so I've made up in my mind, wherever my place is, I'm going to declare his name on that place. It's, a, it's 11.35, and 
Two hours ago, I was here in this sanctuary teaching the, the track on the spiritual gifts. And we talked today about the gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healing. And I shared with that class that in college, I took a class called Signs and Wonders. That was the name of the class. And Sister Gaddy and I both took this. And in that class, it was a two-hour class. In the first hour, it was lecture. Our teacher would open up the Bible and teach us, lecture us about what the Scripture said about miracles and signs and wonders. But that was only half the class. Because the second half of the class, we actually did what he taught. In other words, we gave opportunity to not just learn about the healer, but to be healed. In other words, we let God do what we saw him say in his word. And so I am asking God today that people around this sanctuary in the next few minutes, and by the way, I'm done. Can you believe that? Uh, it's 1136 and I'm done preaching. You get a microwave sermon today. But God's not done today. Because I feel like the Lord is going to show up in a powerful way right now because I believe there's going to be some people that are going to take your sickness and declare the name of Jesus over that sickness. And take your family and declare the name of Jesus over your family. And take your prodigal and declare the name of Jesus over your prodigal. And take the mess and the misunderstanding and the ugliness and the addiction and all the, the relationships that are sordid and broken and say, God, I'm coming to you right now. You put your name places and I'm going to put your name over my family today. I'm going to speak and confess and profess the name that's above every name over my family and over my life and over my home. I've already done it this morning. I've walked around this church building before anybody got here saying, this is your house, Jesus. And I speak your name, the name of Jesus, over this house today. I want Jesus to know that he is welcome in every situation. He is welcome in every family. He is welcome in every movement of this church. It is his church he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I feel like somebody is going to have the name of Jesus on your, your life in a special and powerful way. I'm going to ask you to do this. And don't, don't be alarmed. I'm not trapping you in here. But I'm going to ask us in the next few minutes not to move in and out right now. Because I believe there's going to be a demonstration of God's power in this sanctuary. Would you stand with me, please? Just out of reverence to what God wants to do, I'm going to ask you not to move in and out unless it's absolutely necessary. Amen. Praise God. You say, Pastor, I've heard you. I've heard the, the word. I've heard uh, the scriptures preached today. He executes authority and power where he puts his name. He dwells where he puts his name. I get that. His name declares his greatness. What do I do? I think it is so important that we use our voice to bypass our need long enough to declare his name. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus today. That's what we do when we put people in the waters of baptism. We don't try to impress them with what we're going to say. We just speak that saving, authoritative, all-powerful name over people. Amen. I look around here and I see 
my friend Jonathan and Giselle here. We had them up here on the platform a few weeks ago, and it was at the close of a Spanish service just a few weeks ago that they stood right here and said, I'm ready to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. They, they were put under that water. Name of Jesus called over them. Beautiful things are happening in their family. Why? Because he's putting his name there. Praise God. Oh, I feel the Lord so strong right now. I wish those of you that know how to pray, I wish you would just lift up your voice and just call out to the Lord right now. Oh, I feel the, the, the brush of, of his presence in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, see, the healing power of the Lord is working right now. Right now. <laughs> We're not jumping over chairs and running aisles, but the, the healing power of the Lord, I felt that in a witness in my spirit. The healing power of the Lord is working right now. Someone with a sick body, go ahead and call the name of Jesus over your body right now. Long term, long term. I've been dealing with it for a long time, but I'm speaking the name of Jesus right now. I'm speaking the name of Jesus right now. Come on, if you've got lost children, lost sons, lost daughters, I wish you'd speak that name, that powerful, all authoritative name. Speak it over their life right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You need a lifting of your spirit. You need a peace that goes beyond what we can understand. Go ahead and speak the name of Jesus. Go ahead and declare the name of Jesus over your family right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm asking across this room right now, how many here today, right now, you need a special touch in your life? You need a special healing. You need a special lifting. You need a special blessing upon your life. Can I say it like that? And then you just determine whether that's you or not. If you're here, would you trust this pastor right now? If you're here and that just identified you, would you trust me when I tell you God has assured me he's going to touch you if you'll respond to him right now. See, preaching demands response. Preaching, apostolic preaching demands response. That's what the Bible teaches. So if you're here and you need that touch, that blessing, that move of God, I wish you'd come quickly and just stand up here at the front. Just come quickly from all over this sanctuary. Come out of the risers. Come out of the chairs. Come out. If you need, you need a special anointing, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. You need, you need a healing touch in your body. You got a tumor. You got high blood pressure, diabetes, something like that. Come on. And, and come, come close. Come as close as you can. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. I feel his presence so strong here. Let's just begin to worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, the fruit of our lips giving praise to his name. The fruit of our lips giving praise to his name. Hallelujah. That's it, folks. Come on, let's lift our voice together right now. Let's worship him for a moment. Let's praise him for a moment. Praise God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's turn that into great praise right now. Let's turn that into a little bit of volume in our praise right now. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. There's nothing, 
too hard for God. There's nothing like that name of Jesus. Come on, I want you just to begin to call that name over your family right now. Call that name over your, your kids right now. Lord, place your name on my life, Lord. Place your name on my life. In Jesus' name. There can be a breakthrough right now that you've needed for a long time. He knows what the, the, the feelings of our infirmities are. He knows what we're feeling right now. He knows what we're facing right now. I speak that name right now. I speak that powerful name. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to do. I feel I'm going to just slow this down and I want us to pray with some direction right now. If you're here in this altar, you stepped out and you need a healing touch in your body. Would you just slip your hand up? I want to see who you are. You need a healing touch in your body. Keep your hands up. Those of you that are around these individuals, that you believe in the power of the name of Jesus, I wish you would just step over by them. Don't, don't start praying yet, but just everybody have somebody that prays with them right now. Would you do that? Just step over. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. New Life Church, our guests that are here, would you look around and see the ones that have their hand up? I want to make sure everybody has somebody that's praying with them right now. And would you do this? Now, I'm not going to ask you to do something really weird. Don't worry about that. But I want you to come around in front of them. So we're praying one with another right now. Would you do that? Just come around in front of them. We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to speak faith over them. Don't, don't start praying yet. But here's what I'd like you to do. First of all, if it's appropriate, if it's private, you do not have to share that. But if it is appropriate and you can share with them what it is you need a healing for, would you take a moment and do that right now? Can you ask them, what can I help you pray for? What can I help you pray for? What can I call out to the Lord for right now? Would you, would you just exchange that information? What can I pray for? Praise God. All right, we're not going to mumble a prayer. We're going to call the name of Jesus over these ones, and we're going to ask Jesus to do what only he can do right now. Hallelujah. Once you found out what we're praying for, would you lift up your voice with them right now? Would you lift up your voice with them right now? There it is. Praise God. Let's let that power of the Lord sweep across this room right now. In Jesus' name, those of you that are supporting in prayer, stretch your hands out here toward the front. God's Spirit is at work right now. His name is covering a situation. His name is covering a body right now. That exalted, powerful, authoritative name is at work right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, he's putting his name there. He's putting his name there. He's putting his name there. There is power in your name, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. In Jesus' name. Come on, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. 
That's beautiful. There's an anointing in this house right now. There's a healing anointing in this sanctuary right now. There's a healing anointing in this sanctuary right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We give you praise for a healing work, Lord. We give you praise for a healing work, Lord Jesus. We give you glory for a healing work, O oh God. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Come on, that's it. There's something special taking place right now. If you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, God can fill you right now. Go ahead and lift your voice. Speak out to the Lord. God, forgive me for every sin. Wash me clean, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let me stand right before you. Let me stand holy before you. Let me stand pure before you, God. I repent, Lord, and I cry out to you, O oh God. I cry out to you, O oh Jesus. I cry out to you, mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.